Joey. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you all tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Gino Bocola here with you on this July the 24th, recording this uh, Pacific time around 1 o'clock or so. It is hot. I mean, wow, it is hot, right? Whew. Is this hot? Is it wherever you you are? Because you know I'm in Southern California. I'm in Pasadena, and it is high 90s right now, mid 80s, late into the evening. It is sticky. It is gross. I hope you. Uh, it's a little cooler wherever you are. Stay indoors, especially with those pets. Right? I feel bad for my poor pups. It's miserable out there. They go out to try to go to the bathroom for just a minute, and they can't even handle it. Especially my. Pups, they're they're Calif- they're California prima donna dogs. The uh, the Rolly man, the boxer, Bug, the Boston Terrier, and uh, Ellie, the Chihuahua. Rolly's actually had a little bit of a a scare. He's getting a little older now. He's thirteen now, and he has cancer. And so he's at the point where if he, we were to operate, it would be it wouldn't really make any sense. Um, they wouldn't. They don't even know if it would if it would help. So. We, he's taken medications and he's been actually doing pretty well. But for the last like week or two, he was struggling. He gross, uh, gross alert, gross alert. Couldn't go to the bathroom. So that poor guy was having a tough time. Never have I <laughs> another gross alert. Never have I ever been so happy to see a nice big pile of uh, of poop in the backyard. But he's doing well. That makes me feel better to see uh, to see one of the kiddos feeling feeling much better. He's bouncing around now again. The energy is much much better. And uh, hope all of your pups are safe in this heat. Let's check in on an MLB a little bit. Let's get actually before we do, let's lay out the show. We'll have on this day, best Disney movies. We're down to thirty-two now. Talk some Delmar Thursday. We're gonna go through the entire seven race card, and then at the end we'll talk big little thoughts. So if you want to skip around to the segment that you're looking for, it'll be on this day. Best Disney movies, Delmar Thursday, Big Little Thoughts. Remember, you can always find the time codes. I always time code everything after I record the shows. So if you are just tuning in for you know the baseball talk, or if you just want to hear basketball, or if you're just turning in for the horse racing talk, or maybe you just want to hear the Big Little Thoughts or whatever shows that we're recapping, that's one of the reasons why I like to have a show that has so many different topics because I feel like so many people have different, especially nowadays, we all have so many different interests and we... Want to hear about those things that we like And our specific interests We don't need to tune into a show that's not talking about that So hopefully I feel like with uh, with Hitting on so many different topics We're going to hit something that you like out there Make sure to share the show around with your friends And let them know Baseball is really starting to heat up And it's starting to get fun With this trade deadline just a week away And it's the first time ever there's been the Flat one trade deadline, no waivers after July the 31st is it So if your team is on the, the fringes of a playoff spot They have to decide in the next few days Are they going to make a move or not For the team that I root for, the Dodgers That shouldn't be an issue They look like they should be fine come playoff time But they does that mean they're going to be they, they look like they should be fine as far as getting into the playoffs But come playoff time, will their roster be deep enough With what looks to be a lacking bullpen I don't think so And if you look around Everybody has a pretty weak bullpen Where all of the major contenders Could really use some bullpen help If you go through it The Yankees probably need more of a starting pitcher Than they do uh, 
anyone in the bullpen But Tampa could definitely use some help Boston could absolutely use some help The Twins are dying for some bullpen help The Indians need a bat The A's need some bullpen help And some pitching help It'll be interesting now to see if the Angels Make a move The Angels are playing some very good baseball They've won 3 in a row They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 They're right up in this wild card mix now In the American League and Then you go over to the National League You know the Braves are going to look for some Some bullpen depth Absolutely They need that They probably need some pen and some starting pitching The Nationals definitely need some bullpen help Are the Phillies going to be buyers or sellers They've won a couple games in a row Put them You know Right back in the mix You can't lose a couple games right now Because there are so many teams involved And then the Central is getting fun With the Cubbies struggling They've lost three in a row While the Cardinals have won three in a row So now they're basically deadlocked The Cubs are a half game ahead of the Cardinals With the Brewers flailing a bit They've lost two in a row So they're two back Then you have the Dodgers out west But the Giants are the team that you have to mention they are 17-3 and in their last 20 games They are 9-1 and in their last 10 They've won 3 in a row They had a fun victory in extra innings against the Cubs last night And they, they're a very key team as far as the trade deadline is concerned Because if the Giants win a few more games in the next week That might mean Madison Bumgarner is not going to get traded Maybe Will Smith not traded They have... You know, three or four pieces and a couple other bullpen pieces that could be very vital and pivotal, pivotal to teams that are, you know, looking to make a push to try to get into the playoffs, and then for teams trying to bolster their bullpen depth come a playoff series. Really, really fun right now. I think baseball is heating up quite a bit because this second wild card and because you know a team like the Giants has jumped right back in it. I'm I'm interested right now in all of the Giants games, the Cardinals and the Cubs games, in all of the Phillies, Nationals, and Braves games because th- those teams are all playoff bound. And then you know, it, very interested to see what the Red Sox are doing. They're trying to get back in it and seeing if they can you know get into that second wild card spot. The Twins and and the Indians that's now a race in the Central. And then the Athletics are always fun because can they sustain? Can they sustain what they're doing? They always seem to overachieve so much. So, really good storylines in baseball right now. Let's get to on this day. A couple tidbits of history for you. July the 24th, back in 1982, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor was number one on the Billboard Hot 100. 1983. On July the 24th It was the George Brett pine tar incident So if you don't know about this incident George Brett comes up It's the top of the ninth. He's at Yankee Stadium There's two outs He hits a home run To take the lead 5-4 The home run gets overturned by the umpire Because of excessive pine tar on the bat So and when the, the home run gets overturned That's the game now That's the third out of the ninth. The Royals appealed the game It was restarted the Royals were up 5-4 With two outs At the top of the ninth A month later So the game was overturned Restarted A month later, Royals up 5-4 Two outs, top of the ninth George Brett got kicked out of the game though So he wasn't playing He was watching from a bar Not far Near the airport The Royals end up winning 5-4 And George Brett told the story afterwards that he loved this incident because prior to the pine tar incident, he was known as the hemorrhoids guy. 
1980, he left the World Series game early due to hemorrhoid pain. And he said for the, the years following that incident, everywhere he went, people would criticize him and they would destroy him for the, uh, the hemorrhoids. And um, he said, I, I was very happy to no longer be the hemorrhoid guy. So George Brett, no longer now known as the Pine Tar. July 24th, 1985, Disney's 25th animated feature film is released, The Black Cauldron. That was on the list. That was one of the 128 on the best animated Disney movie bracket that we had. Unfortunately, The Black Cauldron has been eliminated by the time they hit the uh, by the time we hit 32. We're going to get to those in a moment. 1987, I had to throw this one in. Sherry Martell debuted in WWF and defeated the fabulous Moolah for the WWF Women's Championship. Sensational Sherry. On this day. One of the more stressful events in life is moving. You know, everything that goes into the process of relocating. There are so many different factors that you have to worry about. I know someone who can make your life easier. And I'm very happy to introduce Cindy Carava, the sponsor of That's What G Said podcast. If the name sounds familiar, it's because Cindy is the wife of horse racing trainer Jack Carava, who's been a mainstay on the Southern California racing circuit for the last 30 years. You see Jack's horses running down at Del Mar right now. Cindy is a full-service realtor that can help you in many different ways, like selling and purchasing and leasing. She can help you find vendors like handyman, painters, landscapers, and gardeners that she personally uses. Also, If you need help getting pre-approved for a home loan, Cindy can connect you to lenders that she works closely with and can highly recommend. Covering all parts of the San Gabriel Valley and parts of North San Diego County, Del Mar, Solana Beach, and Rancho Santa Fe, if you're just curious to see how much your home is worth, she can even do a free market analysis of your home's value. You can find Cindy on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, reviews about her on Yelp and Zillow, or the easiest way, if you go to cindycarava.com, you can find all of her contact information there. I've known her personally for almost a decade. She is one of the most honest and genuine people I've ever met. Exactly the type of person you can trust with any of your real estate needs. Get to cindycarava.com right now. Or if you have any questions, you can send her an email. cindyc.realtor at gmail.com Mrs. Carava has enjoyed the Baseball movies contest that we we did And now in the Disney animated movies Her picks were Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast Two of her favorites Mrs. Carava I know you'll be happy to hear That they are both still alive In the 32 left So let's get to the It's not really the It's just the round of 32 I guess right Because then we'll get to the Sweet 16 next There's really nothing It's just round of 32 So Here they are Snow White, The Jungle Book They'll be locking up Zootopia and Finding Nemo They're going to be facing off The Lion King versus Monsters, Inc And Alice in Wonderland versus Pinocchio Talk about some classics, right? The other side of the, the first bracket Frozen versus Toy Story 2 Peter Pan versus Pocahontas Little Mermaid versus Monsters University Sleeping Beauty versus Cars And then the... Uh, the next side of the bracket Beauty and the Beast versus Winnie the Pooh Tarzan versus the Fox and the Hound Cinderella versus Tom and Jerry 101 Dalmatians versus Up Aladdin versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit 
The Incredibles versus Bambi Toy Story versus Lilo and Stitch Lady and the Tramp versus Dumbo Remember these are only the animated movies That is the who's who Of incredible movies That have shaped our childhood So if you haven't voted Stop right now Go over to Twitter, follow me at It's me, Gino B. If you don't have a Twitter account, just create a Twitter account. Even if you're never going to tweet, it's really they're really good for news. You can follow lots of news and you can get breaking news. Or you could just follow me and vote in all the polls every time we have some of these fun ones. Leave your comments there. Follow me, it's me, Gino B. Vote in the polls, leave your comments, let me know who you think is going to win each of the matchups and why. And when we get... Uh, The next episode into the Sweet 16 We're going to really break some of these down And talk about why uh, these are Such great movies and we'll go through some of the uh, the Plots and the storylines for some of these Awesome Disney movies don't act like you Don't love these movies don't act Like you're too cool for school we all Love these movies these Disney animated Movies and what's great is that Of the 32 left We have movies that Have crossed so many generations right we're talking about all the way back from Pinocchio and Snow White and Cinderella movies, some of the, the earliest of the Disney animated movies, Fox and the Hound, you know, Tom and Jerry way back there, 101 Dalmatians is great. And then you have kind of the, the next age, which was the Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Then you have, you know, Toy Story, and then some of the newer ones even. We have The Incredibles and Lilo and Stitch and Frozen. And Zootopia and Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc. So it's been a really fun doing uh doing this kind of dive through the Disney animated movies because you really get to see how good they've been all throughout history. They just keep keep shelling out classic after classic after classic of these animated movies. So get on over Twitter, it's me, Gino B, and vote for the best Disney animated movies. Ready to talk a little. Delmar Thursday Let's get your past performances out We're going to go to Delmar July the 25th Thursday And we're going to go through the whole card So let's start with race number one And you go for Brace for Impact From the inside of first timer for Bruce Headley This is a Cal bred Maiden special weight Three year olds and up They're going six furlongs And the one uh, draws the inside Gets Maldonado Barn it's been okay. They're always okay with first time starters. They've been okay as of late with firsters. I'm not a big fan of the rail. This one's pedigree is okay. The dam was a, a multiple winner. A couple sibs. They both won. Nothing crazy. Just gonna gonna pass on brace for impact. I think Jetivator will be pretty tough in here. He was a step slow. He moved up quickly to the inside. He battled for the lead. He really did try hard all the way when he ran second at Losal last out. That was his first start in a couple months He should take a nice little step forward today And he will be right there He's one of the horses that should be right in the mix I'm going to pass on Majestic Display The Damazon Race is the first full It's not quite enough information on the three for me Loaded Joe could win this thing I'm a little cold on him He has big speed He ended up winning the battle for second Going long on the grass last time out I'm not sure if he's as quick as some of these others in here sprinting. And I think he may have to go a little too quick early on. Now, the cutback, 
he should be a little he should be plenty fit on the cutback but if he gets caught in between I'm curious to see if he's going to try to go to the lead or if they're going to try to take back sit if he's able to sit and relax then he's going to be very tough in here but I'm I'm going to be betting that he that's not where he's best and that he won't be able to comfortably take back off the pace and go right by the speeds so I'll be a little bit against Loaded Joe I'm going to play two tickets one of them is going to have all just because it's going to be keying in on Couple of the horses that I like later in the uh, in the pick five sequence, but I have this race six, seven, two, five. I don't. I will not use Loaded Joe in my top four. Uh, if you're playing tries, exo- you know anything like that, I wouldn't toss him out. But I'm I'm just playing this on as far as the win end and at a short price. I, he's I'll I'll see other two to one shots I like better than Loaded Joe. First-time starter, Santana, couple sibs, one winner. It's been a good start to the meet for Mullins, and this guy has worked. He has a couple works in there that make you think there's there's a little bit of ability. So I wouldn't completely dismiss Santana. We'll we'll see what the price is on him and if he uh, if he is is live on the board or not. Oh Maria Maria, but this one's actually Satanta. Not Santana. This is Satanta. I I wanted to get some some Santana in there as much as I could, so I was trying to, but no. Um, the six Moana Luna, the other Headley in here, very interesting. I I'm gonna use him in my pick five, and I think you should include him in your exotics. He faced Open Company in his debut, and it has come back a very very live race. The winner, King Jack, came back to win next out with a 99 buyer. The second place finisher, Morning Snow, came back to win next out by eight lengths. Moana Luna just wasn't immediately fast in the first step, but he did recover well. He was up to within just a couple lengths off before he tired. So it wasn't like he was completely outrun. He actually showed a little ability. And I think if he can work out a trip just behind a couple of the leaders in here, that Race under his belt could help quite a bit, and he's faced tough company. Let's give Moana Luna a big shot in here at what should be a nice price. The outside horse Melbo, I think he will be really, really tough. He's going to cut back after showing good speed going six and a half at Santa Anita. He was a clear cut second, and it was a really nice race. He showed speed, he put away the other speed, and he hung on really well. Now you cut back from six and a half to six, you get the outside draw, so you don't necessarily have to go, but you can sit off and press if need be, and I think that will be key. Quinonez he's still struggling, but he's I, you know, he's been riding well enough to be hitting the board. It's gonna click sometime soon enough for a rider who's just not two for 128. So we'll see if he can uh, if he can put Melbo in the right spot here in race number one. I have the six seven two five. In the opener Race number two The one lifeline When you look at this race It's a three year olds and up They have not won a race in 2019 It's a $32,000 restricted claimer And They're going a mile and 16th on the turf course So you have a lot of horses who haven't won in a while But what I want to see is A horse who fits the conditions Very well And when you look there's one that really jumps out In this race We'll get to that one in, in just a second The one lifeline is over his last four His last win was in January of 2018 But 
He's now going to go first start off the claim for John Sadler And this is only going to be his second start since May of 2018 So he has plenty to improve And he can take a nice step forward getting back into form I would probably like to play him the next time though I don't like when a horse comes off a long layoff And then they have another layoff Now this is only a couple month layoff from May to July Nonetheless, once you when you've been off a year I want to get a couple races under your belt So I'll have Lifeline at the bottom of the exotics And as far as the price is concerned I'm not as cold because he's going to be a nice price Like if Lifeline was 2 to 1 and, and fit the same profile of a horse with a layoff after a layoff Then I'd be really cold on him But if, you're neg- if you have negative angles on horses A lot of the times it's probably just based on the price that they are, right? You don't like when a horse is doing something like this When they're 5 to 2 But if they're 15 to 1 there's got to be a little more room for some leeway Because you know most 15 to 1 10, 15 to 1 shots are going to have Some issues That's why they're that big a price The Deuce Kenji Storm He's 0 for his last 10 His last win was back in March of 2018 But on paper He really does look like lone speed There is just not a lot Of other quick horses in here And because of that You have to use him in the bottom of your exotics And you probably have to include him In In you know in the win end On some pick fives Now he's moving into the Carava barn Always been a very good first off the claim barn If he's able to get out front With those connections That have won a lot of races together Carava and Pedroza Could be really tough to run down I have Kenji Storm Pick third in here I like Unusually Green the most Because if we look at his races I think he's coming out of some of the tougher Most recent races And I just like the way he fits in here He Last won a race on December the 31st And this is for this is a race that is carded For horses that have not won a race in 2019 He won on December the 31st 2018 That's about as close to winning In 2019 as you could get Unusually Green Loves this trip this is where he's best You'll notice in the 12 starts he's made He has a 4 wins 3 seconds and another 3rd And let's go back through some of his recent races So The January race At Santa Anita He hooked a pretty tough group that day He was behind Rye at Who's graded stakes placed Ashley Loves Sugar, multiple graded stakes winner that's a, pr- that's a tough Much tougher group than he's facing today Then, then he goes to the dirt Another race on the synthetic Tries the grass on April 30th he, he falls and he's walked off Just put a line through that Comes back on June the 2nd Shows us that he's okay with a really nice runner-up Effort last time out Behind a next out winner So he's 0 for his last 5 One of them was a fall Only 3 of those races were on the grass one of them he ran a really good second and, and the other was a really really tough race He has legitimate excuses for each race When you go race by race You understand Wow he really does fit in here The last time he won He beat a couple next out winners Myth Call who won two in a row Including an optional 62 Next out Unusually green is the play in here Anything over 3-1 to one, Things worthy of a win wager Will single unusually Unusually green on one pick five And then we'll uh, we'll spread out a little more on another 
Play hard to get would just be a horse I use in the under exotics. He's 0 for his last 13, and I didn't really find legitimate excuses. And he just kind of is uh, content with second and third. Van Corlant, he's 0 for his last 12. His last win was in October of 2017. Terry's Tomcat is 0 for his last 5. His last win was in July of 2018. He might be able to sit sort of close. There's. This is not a lot I was I was building a case I, I do like the fact that it was just his first start off the bench And he could step forward off of that He might have needed the start You can give him an excuse for his last couple So I wouldn't completely talk you off Terry's Tomcat French getaway I, I liked him a, a lot back in 2017 I thought this was a nice horse Who was even like a, a horse who was a derby Kind of possibility if You look at some of the horses he was running at He was behind Dancing Candy And it was a horse who had been talked about entering in some stakes races and for you know whatever reason as what happens with some physical issues sent him to the bench from August of 2017 to July 19 to July of 2019 he comes back you know he's only over his last three and he could take a nice step forward he's run well on the grass before he's at least an under to use in here solely because I'm not sure if there's going to be enough speed to set up his rally he doesn't have to be that far back. He just he's not really quick. And he just takes I think he kind of takes a while to get to get going. French getaway. Could spice up some of the exotics in here. The eight already be good. He's 0 for his last 10. His last win was August in 2017. But he does go first start off the claim for Nap, who has been very good first start off the claim. And he comes off of back-to-back runner-up efforts, both of which were were fine. Uh, he's more of a, a deep closer though And I'm not, I'm not sure if, if With his running style He's going to be best suited To get the job done Buckstopper Kit I Just beaten a nose last time out I have him in the 5th spot here Wouldn't shock me Just like others more He's 0 for his last 4 Could have very easily won that race last time out But he'll be rolling late with Cannibord 37219 unusually green anything over 3 to 1 in the third race maidens 2 year old fillies $80,000 claimers 5 furlongs from the inside the one keeping my promise broke right with the leaders was down inside in between horses faded i need to see a little bit more i think with with the race under her belt And the fact that she's the only one in the field With the race That has to go a long way I just think that there are a couple other First time starters I'd much rather use than her So I won't be using Keeping My Promise In any of the exotics The two convoluted is a nice dam who was a six time winner Was a stakes winner Earned 565000 Six of the seven Siblings won This is a nice little pedigree And Peter Miller's had a good start to the meet He's not running quite as many horses But he's still firing And he's always done well Really, really well Debuting horses for maiden claiming This one's more like a maiden special way Because it's such a high maiden claiming price But convoluted is going to be really, really tough in here I can't imagine playing any exotics And not using the two convoluted The three established justice I think a live Philly first time starter for Doug O'Neill. I will be including the three in here. Um, you know, with most of these, all you're going to really get is like is some of the pedigree information. Um, the three established justice. 
has a decent one. The dam is actually a, a nice dam. She has a, a, some good pedigree in there, being a, a half to tap rate and ride a comet. Golden Melody. I'll probably be playing this one, you know, next time out. I'll see how she runs today. Magically Honored, I'd have at the bottom of the horses to include in the exotics. To me, this really is a and, and well done, Sally. Also, the barn has not quite been as good with first time starters as they are with horses that have a, some experience. I like the seven, Foggy Bottom. This is a barn who knows where their horses belong a lot of the times. I don't think they try to uh, to put them in in spots over their head or under their head. They've won with two of the last seven first time starters, five to one and fourteen to one. And you look up and down the field. I think a steady tab for Foggy Bottom, expecting her to come out running. Seven two three five in the third. Seven and two I'll use in all the exotics. And then in the uh, when you go a little deeper, throw in the the three and the five. Fourth race, maiden special weight, fillies and mares, three year olds and up, five furlongs on the turf course. The one Raneem speed from the inside, um, the deuce stylishly is probably the horse to beat. She has. Come out of a couple of races at Aqueduct Where she ran pretty well And they were both sprint races No real knocks on stylishly You know you go back to February the 20th She sat close up from the outside She just couldn't get to the wire To wire winner She won the battle for second Last out she sat a close up third Three deep, two off And kind of like a merry-go-round type race I have her in I'm, I'm like Conflicted because I, I like a horse quite a bit in here But I do think stylishly Will show up with a good effort So like in your top In your tries, in your exotics You probably want to use stylishly But I'm going to play one ticket Where I end up singling a horse That I uh, end up really really liking in here And we'll get to that one in just a second Let's get to the three Winter gold This is a shipper For Richard Baltus A three year old filly She's only raced one time and the the interesting thing about Winter Gold is she fits the profile of a filly that won for Richard Baltus last year. Last year, actually, Regica came in and won at Del Mar at seven to one, first time North America. For Richard Baltus He's 2 for 12 with foreign imports over the last 5 years And the last 3 of them have hit the board Including that winner So She fits very nicely in here And I think I have her pick 2nd She's a nice wild card If you're getting over 9 to 2 or so on her She's very interesting and a horse to include She was mid-pack in a big field And that should That race was probably tougher than a lot of the the races that most of these fillies have have been in, as far as you know, grass are concerned. She's in a big field, you know, going six furlongs on the synthetic. Most of these fillies have been sprinting on the grass in much, you know, much smaller fields, especially the Southern California horses. So Winter Gold, with the experience that she has, the question that you'll have is, well, you know, will she take to the grass? I don't see why not. Bred beautifully for it. Love Apple's Arch in here. The four. Let's go through some of uh, her most recent races. She's been very, very unlucky. If you go back the l- November the fifteenth when she was sprinting on the 
turf right here at Del Mar. She was fifth. She was only beaten a length and three quarters, and she broke out a bit, but she was still close. She was third, fourth inside. She was third off. Uh, she was three three off. She could have very easily been, you know, third. It wasn't the best of rides. And then we, you know, we see her most recent start on the grass. She shuffled badly. She lost a ton of ground. She was right with the leaders and then had to take back out of it. Angle around widest of all Was only beaten a half length She looked like she was going to win at one point But she just got a little bit tired Because she had to do so much more than the rest of the field I think Apple's Arch has a major, major shot in here And she's going to be really, really tough She just missed Apple's Arch, the play Anything over 7-2 to two, And we'll single Apple's Arch In one of the pick fives Not too... High on style and ocean, just maybe the bottom of your exotics. Cellar door, isn't that a Donnie Darko? Six. Dam four of eleven. Uh, two, earned two hundred ten thousand. A multiple stakes winner. We'll see. No. Maybe maybe the bottom of the exotics. The seven true mischief adds the blinkers. It was a step slow, but she did move up nicely along the rail. She had to tap on the brakes a bit It wasn't a smooth trip Did have uh, some issues and was in tight quarters Now adds the blinkers Gets a jock switch And the 8 Star kissed Rounds out the field Cutting back Just need to see a little bit more from this filly So I, the way I have race number 4 I absolutely love the 4 Apple's arch The 3 winter gold Expecting a big one from winter gold the two stylishly Probably the measuring stick for this race Should run big The seven true mischief And then the six seller door But let's single the four Apple's arch And play this one to win Anything over around seven to two Fifth race, Del Mar The one Top of the game He was claimed for 62 Now he's in for eight And he hasn't hit the board For the new barn but I still kind of like him in here And I'm going to make him my slight top selection If he just runs the same race he's been running I think he's dropped to a low enough level Where that race will win He broke well He took back to fourth He tucked in He was okay He kind of grinded around He might be able to get the lead in here There is not any speed It's like no speed at all Top of the game will be in all my exotics In race number five we're just saying no thank you Just going to be playing against I think this uh, this one needs a, a group That's a little bit softer Comes the dream I have in, in fourth And he comes out of some good races I'm just a little worried that the race shape Isn't going to set up for him Because he's not very quick early And he, he'll come running late If they go quick enough early So he needs a little pace help But he comes out of some really good races Clear the mind just beat 16,000 claimers On July the 17th at Del Mar Sunset Sevens won next out And then was second against 16 beaten claimers Perfect comeback won against 16 claimers next out Crown the Kitten won an optional 40 next out of Turf Paradise We see 2020 Vision Who was sharp So I like the races he's coming out of That's why I will include him on the In the bottom of the exotics The four is Excavation He battled for the lead in between horses He made a three wide challenge at the top of the stretch Before fading He's Probably the most likely horse to get the lead With top of the game Getting the inside draw I'm hoping they get aggressive with him But Excavation could end up right on the lead And if he does 
this is the type of field where if someone gets out front, there might not be a lot of passing. This is not the strongest group in the world and and not the sharpest group in the world. Speed saver on the class relief alone, he's probably a player. So depending on how deep you're going in this race, speed saver is probably another one that that fits. Gray Admiral won by 10 last time out. I'm a little concerned though because I don't think he's he kind of just ended up on the lead going really slow and I I don't think he's even as quick as a couple of the others in here. I'm going to make him prove it again. Kittens Royal interesting for Glatt first start off the claim. It's just it's tough to really love anyone in here, you know, even Hey Sequoia on the outside. So the way the way I play this race in the pick 5 is because I like two horses in the pick 5 sequence. I'm going to play one ticket where we go all in race number one, race number two, single the three, unusually green, race number three, two, three, five, seven, race number four, single the four, apples arch, and race number five, I'm going to go all. If you want to go shorter, if you want to, you know, I don't know what kind of a budget you're playing with, one, Three, four, seven are the four that I would use. I have them in order one, four, seven, three in the fifth race. Or, you know, you want to cut, maybe you can cut out in that third race where I have two, three, five, seven. I think two and seven are are the must uses in there. But I want to make sure that if the two horses I like in this sequence, I want to make sure that if unusually green wins and that if Apple's Arch wins, that I have a really, really good chance to hit this pick five. I want to make sure that I've, I've set myself up with all in the first, all in the last, and then two, three, five, seven in race number three. On the other ticket, I'll generally always play two tickets, one kind of a backup or not, like more like a saver ticket with a, a little bit of a different approach. We'll play this ticket two, six, seven in race number one. This is in another early pick five. Jetivator, Moana Luna, and Melbo. Then in race number two, one, two, three, seven, nine. Lifeline, Kenji Storm, Unusually Green, French Getaway, and Buckstopper Kit. In race number three, two and seven, Convoluted and Foggy Bottom. In race number four, two, three, four, Stylishly, Winter Gold, and Apple's Arch. And then in race number five, one and four, Top of the Game and Excavation. I think either one of them or the two of them even might be able to just kind of get out early not push each other and and perhaps be uh, really tough to run down. That's race number five. The sixth race, optional twenty. It's cowbreds or cow sired fillies and mares, three year olds and up. Mile on the turf course. Sedimar on June the fourteenth. I thought ran really well, and I'm going back to that race because the June twenty third race is on the dirt, and I think it's irrelevant. So we'll just put a line right through that race. It doesn't even matter. She took back to fourth, fifth on the inside. She moved through an opening. She angled too deep, but she just couldn't get to the wire to wire winner lost in translation that day, who has now won two in a row. Just won at Del Mar on July the 21st against optional 40 opens. I like Sedamar. I, I think she's right there with Opus 1. The only reason why I would slightly lean towards Opus 1 in this particular race is because Opus 1 seems to have a little more early speed and a little more tactical speed. And that could be key in this race Because it does not look like there is a lot of speed on paper She has the right stuff Is A good 
claim and is well spotted for O'Neill because if you look at the purse of this race, it's a $64,000 purse. They claim this one for 35, but and they, and she's actually in for 20 because she's at, she's won at the level before. But she's won she's in for 20 and she's also shooting for her part of the the purse of 64,000. So if she's able to win this race, this could be a really nice job, a nice deal for O'Neill. And if she's able to win and they get claimed, a nice little double whammy. She has the right stuff who has run well over this course. And maybe was just in a little tough in her last few. The the issue is she hasn't won in a while. So this this does this will, you know, have to hopefully be a, a wake up call for her getting in against getting back in against Calbreds. Lucky Miss Jones. I just want to see a little bit more from her. Uh, I, I didn't mind her her victory from off the pace. Just like uh, others, a little bit more. Marjorie E. Same type of thing. No real knocks. Just not quite too high on her chances. I like Battleground State a lot, and this is going to be my top selection in here. I think he gets the lead. I think she gets the lead, and I think she is coming out of by far the best races. If you look back on. April the 20th She's behind three next out winners Tiny Tina beat an optional claiming 62 non-group Next out she won three in a row Don't blame Judy won an optional 40 next out Then tried grade 3 company Confidentially won an optional 40 next out At Santa Anita going a mile on the grass You see Basilica in the running lines Who has won 14 of her last 16 With a second and a fourth in the mix You see Achira Who won next out That was back in 2018 And Achira just ran second in the Oceanitas so you know she's actually a decent animal That's kept form Helen Hillary won an optional claimer next out Compare those animals To this group And that's a much much That's much tougher And this seems like major class relief For Battleground State And the fact that she could get the lead in here Could be very very tough to run down We'll put her on top And we'll play anything uh, About 6-1 to one or so to win On Battleground State Oh my oh Expecting to sit mid-pack More of an underneath type You see a horse that doesn't mind settling For seconds and thirds And I haven't really seen legitimate excuses For uh, that would make me give this one another chance Hot on the trail Kind of feel the same way about hot on the trail Wouldn't shock me She's a price So I'm not going to talk you off a price But I won't be including her in any exotics This is a good spot for Opus 1 Who's going to go third off the bench she can sit a little closer. She's one of the quickest early in this field. Really, no knocks on uh, the solid second last out when she was chasing lone speed and she was just in front of Setamar. And then to round out the field, please do in Lacey's Rainbow. A couple long shots that I can't really build too strong a case for. So in race number six, five, eight, one, two, Battleground State, Opus One, Setamar. And she has the right stuff To close things out This is a Probably the most wide open race uh, I thought on the card And the race that I like the least <clears throat> I do like the 10 Zorich Who exits a strong May 3rd race Where there were 3 next out winners Noldy who came back and just finished 2nd In the Oceanside And then 2 other Maiden Special Weight winners The 5th and 6th place finisher and then Zorich dropped in for Maiden 50 And it wasn't bad 
He was up into contention prior to the top of the lane He had a little bit of traffic He, he did keep grinding away late I think he figures And when you run through the field quickly What's wrong with like, do, not, do not swipe left Showed a little bit of speed on the grass Against better in that tough May 3rd race Can't really dismiss him Super classic Kind of a deep closer He's just an underneath plotter Midnight in Maui on the drop Why can't he win this race Or be competitive Mongolian heroes only raced once He deserves another chance after breaking slowly Unbroken star Ron Ellis just had a first time starter win the other day At 27 to 1 And his recent first time starters Have been pretty good This one is actually a half to gold medal dancer Who was a 7 time winner and a grade 2 winner Who earned $639,000 5 foals from the dam 4 winners you know, Otani should be right there. He's probably the horse to beat. Potontico, you go back to the June 2nd race, it wasn't bad against Maiden Special Eights. He flashed speed, he got the lead against Better. And then last time out, he couldn't get to the lead and then he faded. If he is a horse who gets out front, speed in a group like this could be very, very dangerous. Some of these weaker races, you know, you get to the front end and horses just get back five, eight, ten lengths and they don't really want to get. They, they don't really want to get going and start passing horses They get a little discouraged because they're used to You know, backing up and losing races Lost in the moment Similar to Mongolian Hero Debuted, broke slow From the rail, had absolutely no shot He's about 20 lengths behind He deserves another chance So I'm not really going to play Anything late in the exotics I'm not going to give you a late exotics I have this race 10 8 one, five. Five, four, seven, nine. I mean, you could go all the way through, but I, I'm not going to play much in this race because it's it's a difficult, difficult race, and I don't really have a strong opinion, and I don't really, yeah, I don't really feel like playing uh, the late exotics. I'm more of an early pick five guy. That's the best takeout, and that's going to be the best value and the best bang for your buck you're going to get at Del Mar. So my focus a lot of the time will be on that early pick five. Remind you the three plays for the day. Second race, the number three, unusually green. Fourth race, the number four, Apple's Arch. Sixth race, the number five, Battleground State. Now remember, when you play them, you don't want to play them if they get overbet, if they get hit too hard. Um, unusually green, I think around three to one seems fair. Apple's Arch, you don't really want to go lower than right around that also. Three to one, seven to two, Battleground State around six to one. Those are the prices on the, uh, the horses I like. Delmar, Thursday, July the 25th. To close things out, with some big little thoughts. Did you ever want it? Did you want it bad? Now we uh, open the final episode, the season finale of ser- uh, season two, with Perry's fall from Celeste's point of view. And she's getting ready for the hearing to find out if she will be able to remain. The guardian of her boys And hold on to custody She just can't get Perry out of her head She's watching another video on the the boys iPad uh, It's a video that the boys Have made of a lot of uh, you know Different memories And it's you know first day of school And birthdays And then she notices for the first time That the boys have recorded a video Where she's getting hit Where she's getting beat up by Perry She never knew this She didn't see it Mental note Something that she uh, takes with her You see Ed He's working out hard His, The girls wonder if that means That Ed and Madeline are getting ready for divorce Because he's 
acting a little different. Ziggy likes Corey. Ziggy tells his mom Jane that he wants Jane and Corey to be together. They're at the beach when they're having this conversation, and then they go rolling in the sand in all their clothes. When you're at the beach and you're in, you know, your swim trunks, your swimsuit, and you're going rolling in the sand, that's one thing. But all your clothes, come on. Not all the clothes and the shoes and the socks. Come on. Come on. Bonnie again is getting these thoughts of about killing her mom, these visions. Renata and Mary Louise, they have this great interaction at what looks like Starbucks. Mary Louise somehow knows about the nanny and that Gordon was sleeping with his nanny and cheating on Renata. She makes a comment and and Renata just snaps. Don't go there, judgy judger. Keep your eyes on your own effing paper, Mary Louise. Celeste's lawyer tries to talk Celeste out of being the one to do the questioning, but Celeste is adamant. She wants to go at Mary Louise. And Mary Louise's lawyer seems very worried about this also. Because he knows that Mary Louise likes to get off on a little bit of a tangent And this is going to humanize Celeste a little bit And show that, wow, if she's capable of, you know Being a lawyer here and and doing this questioning She's probably capable of at least, you know Thinking straight enough to hold on to her kids right now So Mary Louise takes the stand and Celeste gets her She asks, uh, Celeste asks Mary Louise if Mary Louise thinks that Celeste is a bad parent And Mary Louise says no I've always thought you were a wonderfully committed parent But the children are in imminent peril Celeste then gets really good with the lawyer stuff She said well how come you never reported To child services or any other service They mentioned that Celeste is not routinely or often violent Has only been violent once So now Mary Louise is basing her opinions On what she hasn't even seen now Celeste starts to get real dirty She brings up Raymond Mary Louise's Dead son R- Perry's dead brother So now Mary Louise has two dead sons And Raymond died Because Mary Louise lost her temper It was in a car accident Mary Louise cannot take this Once this questioning starts She actually tries to stand up and leave And This is a case about mothering So Celeste is going at Mary Louise Trying to show that she is not capable To be mothering Celeste kids Perry was 5 years old He saw his brother die He never went to therapy Mary Louise took care of him So Celeste is spinning it saying Look, you're the reason why Perry is a monster You were the one who was his therapist You never took him anywhere else You can't blame it on anyone else This was all because of you Mary Louise Blamed and accused Perry Of distracting her And that the reason why she might have that, that Raymond was dead Perry mentioned this to Celeste And now Mary Louise is just freaking out She says this is a lie As Celeste continues to portray Mary Louise As an abuser of Perry Which in turn made Perry an abuser And then Mary Louise just snaps She said he was not an abuser Not for one second Mary Louise says that Jane was lying about being raped And that she said it it was Celeste's fault Because of Celeste's sickness with sex That Perry felt like it was okay to do what he did with Jane Because of Celeste And she said that 
Max and Josh need to believe in their dad He is the victim here, not you And that gets everybody going The man who abused and assaulted And raped women Is the victim Celeste then shows the video Of Perry beating her, the one that the boys filmed It is very intense None of Celeste's friends can even really watch the video Madeline is horrified, you can see Renata, Jane And in Mary Louise This is the first time she's ever seen Perry act this way she didn't know this this exist this side of him existed, and as any mother probably wouldn't want to believe of their kid, right? Mother, father, they don't want to think the worst of their kids, but she's seen it now. Right after we see Madeline and Celeste talking, and Madeline's apologizing to Celeste. She, she's never knew how bad it was. Everyone's eyes are opened by this video, and Celeste is surprised. How much the boys saw and knew She starts to question her own abilities as a mom But Madeline reassures her That the boys belong with her She was able to keep them safe In this situation Jane and Corey meet up And she apologizes to Corey She tells him that um, You know she doesn't that He doesn't need this and he should go out and have fun And not deal with her drama And he's so he has a really profound response And he says this is what he wants He has a nice little monologue where he talks about You know, nothing's perfect And even what seems like it's great Is maybe just good And good is good enough And that's what he And it's, it's you know, it's very real He's obviously really smart She kisses him They have uh, rekindled They're in a good spot now Celeste is at home with the boys and they ask if she was a superhero at court They have a nice joke about that Before Mary Louise tries to come into the house And Celeste cuts her off at the door Doesn't let her in Mary Louise accuses Celeste of lying She is rattled She is shocked what she saw on the video And Celeste says You lost your boys You don't get to take mine Man, Mary Louise just keeps yelling Not fair, not fair You're a liar, not fair Bonnie then Comes into the hospital Her dad is in there with her mom And she comes in to relieve her dad's shift At the hospital watching their mom She tells her dad to go And we get this moment where Bonnie looks Ready to kill her mom She has a pillow in hand She walks closer and closer to her And she gets set to What we think is kill her mom Her dad forgets something Walks back into the room Looks like her dad's going to walk in on Bonnie Trying to kill her mom But Bonnie's actually just Laying there Next to her In the bed She had just said I love you mom It took me my whole life to say it But she finally was able to Later that night Madeline and Celeste Are talking about the lie And Madeline finally realizing That all of their Friendships and their lives are unraveling She seems like she's getting ready to finally want to come clean Bonnie's mom Wakes up She's hungry, everyone can't believe it Her her, her mom is up and she's looking good Celeste Prepares the boys for the hearing To see if, if they are going to be able to stay with her The judge's final decision And as she's getting ready and tying their ties She sees Perry again They I really love the way these boys have turned They mentioned to her mom You know, if dad was here He wouldn't let grandma do this That's probably true But dad would have done some other things The boys are good boys though They really seem like They are uh, They're all in On mom's side Ready to help mom and, uh, And take good care of Celeste They admit to each other Celeste and the boys That they're 
they're scared. Madeline goes to talk to Ed, and she wants to know if she is the punching bag. She wants to know what Ed is thinking and where she stands. So Ed mentions their wedding day. He said it was joyous, but delusional because they aren't who they were and who they promised to be then. People change. It feels like Ed is getting ready to break up with Madeline, tell him he wants to leave her, and then in a total swerve, he wants to renew the vows. He wants to be committed to live up to them. And <laughs> Madison Madeline says for better or for worse, he says, No, no bet no for worse for you. You're not allowed any worse. This is a shot at a new beginning for them. She wants to start to plan the renewal of the vows already, and he says, No, it's just gonna be a small ceremony with the family and with the girls. That's it. On the way into the court, Celeste and Mary Louise make eye contact. It's becoming a very awkward relationship. And before we get back to court, we see Bonnie's mom. She has a set a setback, a stroke. She's unconscious, and now she's taken away for testing. Back at the court, the judge has some difficult decisions to make, and Mary Louise stands up to speak. She said, "What she saw in the video, she had no idea, but she still accuses Celeste of a sickness, and she wants to safeguard the boys." Celeste responds and says, "Perry was the way he is because of Mary Louise." It's one thing to have to have your children turned over, but it's quite another thing to be asked to give them over to Mary Louise. Is basically what Celeste says. She kept them alive and safe with Perry around. And so the judge decides she will not take them away full custody with Celeste. Yes, she got Mary Louise. Get him. Bonnie's mom says, "I'm Sorry to Bonnie And then she dies She's gone Bonnie's mom is gone just like that And that triggers emotions in Bonnie now Because now she can be herself She got everything out Her feelings to her mom finally All these years later And she tells Nathan The old You're a good man and a wonderful father Well we know how that's going to end Not only does she tell him she doesn't love him She says She doesn't think she's ever been in love with him Ouch That's kind of unnecessary But maybe she just wants a complete clean start And to be just honest with who she is Renata goes home And All of her stuff is gone from the house She has nothing But she hears a noise downstairs And Gordon's playing with his toys And why? Because Gordon was supposed to sell everything He's pumped Because he found a collector Who bought Everything for $400,000 But let Gordon keep it Because he knows that Gordon is The value is not going to go down with Gordon Because Gordon's going to take good care of all these Collectibles So Renata has to give up everything She's not happy Gordon lost all the money He filed for bankruptcy They have to sell the home He screwed the nanny And she's upset And Gordon It's the line that, that sets her off He says, well, now that she's gone, I need something to play with. And Renata snaps. We get just an epic, epic Renata segment. She grabs a baseball bat, and she starts cracking everything. Model trains, model cars, model planes, game-used bats, memorabilias, jerseys. She whacks Gordon in the chest with a bat a couple times. She is just swinging the stick. She says, I'm done. No more bullshit. 
No More Lies. Madeline and Ed then renew their vows with the kids. We see Mary Louise leaving. She's driving off. She's exiting Monterey. Jane and Corey, they're finally able to get physical and intimate. They have a moment where it seems like maybe the burden of all this is beyond Jane for now. And the women are all realizing what they need to do. They need to come clean of the lie. Celeste deletes the Perry videos. And the women all show up at the police office together with Bonnie to confess together, do we think? And that's how it ends. So the number one question is, is this it? Is there going to be a season three? Do they actually confess what happens to them? There are a lot of questions I feel like that didn't go answered So that makes me think there would be a season 3 You know, if Mary Louise found out That they killed Perry, don't you think she would be upset And try something even more What's Gordon and Renata's future Corey and Jane Did Ed and Madeline end up happily ever after What happens with Bonnie now The reason why I'm not sure if there will be a season 3 A lot of the people who Worked on the series did not Feel like there would be a season 3 because They The women's schedules, they said in general These are some of the busiest actresses In Hollywood To get all of them to be able to Be on a similar schedule to film this With all the different movies and projects And commitments that they have Was nearly impossible I mean, When you think of Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep and Reese Witherspoon Just right off the top And then some of the other women who are big, big stars And new stars in Hollywood Dern is amazing and she's all over the place So this is a Whether or not the you like or love the second season as much as you love the first season I like season one a little bit better I, I mean I, I I didn't dislike season two I just felt like there were some holes And um, Some things that felt a little bit forced Or maybe had to be kind of there as filler and, and didn't really matter a whole lot in the end But the acting In this show is amazing I think all of the women Do an incredible job They fit their roles very very well Mary, I mean, Meryl Streep was amazing. Laura Dern was incredible. Nicole Kidman, awesome. So I was very happy with the uh, the performances that I saw, but maybe a little bit disappointed with some of the uh, the plot and I guess overall execution. Big Little Lies. We'll see if it comes back for season three, and if it does, you know we'll be having some big little thoughts here. But now, what I want to know. What are some of the other week-to-week shows that you're watching out there? On one of the next few episodes, I'll go through Stranger Things and recap the Stranger Things most recent season, season three. But I like to do the week-to-week shows because it, it's easier for us to kind of be in the same place. If I recap Stranger Things, there's eight episodes, and it's tough to do a recap about each one when maybe you are going to watch it in a month or two or three. The weekly shows are a little bit nicer that we're, that because... We're all on the same place. That's what was good about Game of Thrones. So maybe we'll we'll talk. There's a show I'm watching right now called Grand Hotel that I like a little bit on ABC. We'll see if anyone else out there is interested in that one. I know Suits is coming back. Just came back for the final season. That's another good one. So we'll find out what are some of the other hot weekly shows that we can discuss. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure to get to iTunes, subscribe, leave a nice five star rating for that's what G said podcast. We're up on YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, tune in, Google Podcast, anywhere you can find them. Share the podcast around, please. That's uh, a big help. If you know someone who likes horse racing, share it around. If you know someone who likes wrestling, let them know. We talk wrestling a lot. Uh, we talk movies, TV, and 
We'll always have shows where we have you know four or five different subjects. We'll bring on a couple guests next week to talk some horse racing and to start getting into football. Football season is on the horizon. Looking forward to weekly previews of all of the NFL games. And we'll have guests on to give you their best bets. We'll talk all sorts of gambling come football season. That is coming up very, very soon. Joey, my friend, close this out. 